For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Only Podcast. I am your co-host Austin Smith, joined as always by your co-co-host John Kirby. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at acsmith06 and at john underscore kirby. Also follow the mothership at the Only Colors. John, it is mid-December and uh, Michigan State men's basketball looks pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. I am enjoying my time uh, <laughs> two days a week, generally. It's been, you know, we'll get into how awesome it's been, but mm-hmm. we just finished up. We just wrapped three non-con games uh, since we last chatted. Um, one more competitive than the other two. Yes, significantly. Uh, <clears throat> uh, but, you know, got to have the buy games. You know, I get, I get it. It's part of the biz. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a fun little stretch, and like John said, we will get into basketball. Another thing, it is is uh, early signing day eve here. Cruton, uh, football, Cruton. Everybody loves it. Um, you know what? You know, I, wait. Everyone's sitting down for this. All right, I have the floor. <laughs> yes, the attention is yours. This is the real Star Wars. Oh my oh. god. I'm so sorry. All right. See you guys around. Wow. All right. Yeah. That'll do it for us today. Um, wow. And on the heels of that, uh, we've got, yeah. Nice re- little class. Recruiting. Um, yeah. So everybody knows this is, I believe, the first official year of uh, the early signing day period where um, recruits are able to actually sign their letters of intent in you know, binding letters of intent here in uh, December as opposed to the, you know, generally later in the year, like February timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally think it's pretty cool. I like to, I think from a, a fan perspective, it's 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 cool that uh, you kind of have a more firm grasp on who's going to be in your class. And from a, from a recruit perspective, um, you know you're not going to like lose your spot last minute if you lock it in here with a... Uh, you know, by signing on the dotted line, I think um, it's good for the kids. It's good for the the integrity, frankly, of the game. I think um, there, so. It's exciting. Yeah, there were some there were some questions about you know this this early signing period. It's kind of right smack dab in the riddle, middle of uh, you know bowl preparation. You know, how do you mm-hmm. feel about that? Anything personal? Doesn't me? matter to you? No, doesn't matter to me at all. Um, being in the middle of bowl prep, like I I guess I can understand it. You know, distracting your your coaches and whatnot. But at the end of the day, these guys are already in. Uh, yeah, these the guys that are signing up now are the guys that the coaches have never had questions about. I mean, yeah. they, you know, the, either they're guys that if they've been committed for a long time, it's for good reason, and they're probably just antsy to get the process over with. And yeah. if they just committed, then 
you know, this is their chance to kind of put their money where their mouth is and, and decide whether it's actually, they're going to follow through on this last second commitment or not. Um, kind of takes some of the guesswork out. It doesn't bother me personally that it's in the middle of, uh, of the, the, you know, the bowl prep. Cause if you want to make last minute additions, it's not, this isn't the end either. Like, yeah. If someone really doesn't, this is a good. It's going to be interesting to find out if some guys across the country really have committable offers or not. I think there will be some interesting stories about recruits maybe thinking they had a spot and the coach is saying, "Yeah, don't sign up in the early period. Maybe sign up in the later one." And I think the point of this is to eliminate some of sure that shady dealing. But uh, Dude, I'm interested. It's going I, to be. It's going to. There will be somebody that pushes the envelope. Yeah, I, I want to talk really quickly about reflecting back to like when we were in high school i used to think there was a kid that i went to high school with and he was um a perennial like he was a five star okay he was getting letters from everybody and i always think i always thought to myself man that must be so cool or when i was also 17 18 i was like that is like amazing the coolest the coolest thing it was like booby miles and friday lights with like the letters truly just like that and i was thinking man that was so cool now kind of a a semi-adult looking back and like that would be awful be hard i just feel like that is so hard like i remember how ignorant i was and like you know and like naive naive is the better word probably and and like you're getting pulled in a ton of directions Mm -hmm. and you don't really probably even understand the magnitude of like yeah the decision you're making oh truly and like i just you know it's just a funny thing you know or you know or i just i reflect on that sometimes i mean i don't know what do you think it would just be be hard i think a lot of it would be fun i think it weighs on different you you can tell it weighs on certain kids differently i think there's some of these guys really love this process but i can say introverted people would not totally would not or people that just want to get it over with like yeah. listen i know where i want to go i don't want to be taught i don't want to have anybody reach out to me and talk yeah. to me anymore like i know i want to be here yeah. end of story yeah, i just want to like have an awesome yeah. high school whereas <laughs> like, other guys other guys you know might love that's that. six free five free trips sure. you know i always say cash those in do you remember, I would. Do you remember when, like lebron said he was gonna go pro and i i think i read that he was still trying to cash in his like trip. his official visits i want to say and, and i hope I'm going to say it anyway. I don't know who it was. I think he tried to go to like Duke and maybe like Florida and yeah. they were like, nah, nah. <laughs> like, like we all know. We know. Yeah, it's cool. We know. I'm sure he went to a some Ohio state games because he could. And they yeah. were right in his backyard. No doubt. But... I would like, man, imagine if he like played for Akron. That would have been awesome. <laughs> I would have fully supported that. I would have bought been all in on the zips. Six in... Zips. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's exciting that, uh, this early recruiting period is taking place. Um, from what I have read now, I could be mistaken here, but, uh, D'Antonio, I believe expects all of his currently, um, let me see here. I believe it's 20 or 21, 20, 20 total commitments at this point. Okay. He, he, this was more than he thought, or maybe we thought, remember we thought it was going to be potentially a smaller class. Well, this, yeah, it's not going to be a huge class. I honestly can't say how many scholars are going to have left after this. I, but I think it's pretty limited. I think from here on out, you know, um, they'll be recruiting some, some big fish and being very selective in the types of players that they go after from here on out. I, yeah. I have no doubt that there are still, and again, I'd have to read up on it a little bit more, but I, I have no doubt that there are more kids out there that, that they are actively targeting. They're not done recruiting, but um, they are expected to sign a large part, if not all of this class uh, in the early recruiting period, a, a class that currently checks in at number uh, 16 overall in the rivals rankings and includes um, you know, a handful of four-star recruits, four four-star recruits headlined by um, defensive back Xavier Henderson out of Pickerington, Ohio, and his teammate Trenton Gillison, same school. Um, nice get. Yeah, a nice little get. That's a good combo. I bet, the, I bet their high school team has probably made the playoffs. They're probably good. I bet they made That's the my guess. Um, but so there are uh, – 20 of them are all kind of expected to sign. Now – Who do you think will play, though? The que- okay, so that's the next good good segue. Um, <laughs> the question, uh, the next logical question is, especially after watching this past year when so many, you know, 13, 14, 15 uh, true freshmen did play is, you know, 
these guys have been fun high school players to names to throw out there, stars to throw out there, but uh, who's actually going to play on the field right away? D'Antonio and company have never been shy about letting true freshmen get on the field. They've yep. always said if you're the best player and you're playing the best, you're going to get on the field. And they've exemplified that and lived up to that consistently For throughout sure. their 10-plus years in, in East Lansing. So I'm cheating a little bit here, but not really. I'm just sort of following the breadcrumbs. Um, seven of these 20 guys are expected to enroll early. So not just sign the letter of intent, but be on campus. They're going to be college students here in a matter of weeks. Okay. That's uh, offensive lineman Dimitri Douglas, quarterback Theo Day, DBs Xavier Henderson and Kalon Gervin, who was, you know, so celebrated recently coming out of Cast yeah, Tech. Yeah. Um, receiver Julian Major, receiver Javez Alexander, fantastic name, and uh, linebacker Ed Warner. And just to be clear, all of these guys are young, whatever their name is. Yeah. Until further notice. <laughs> young Kalon. Yeah. Young Julian. Uh, young Javez. I'm excited for all of them. Um, You're excited to bestow nicknames. But when I... Oh, yeah, that's my favorite part of watching this team. Um, <laughs> that's, all I, that's the only reason I do this. <laughs> so if, if I'm following the breadcrumbs here, I'm thinking that these guys have an obvious leg up. Uh, Josiah Scott did it a year ago, enrolling early as a DB. Yep. He was a star in the spring game and star all season. Yep. Um, I tend to think just based on their disposition and like where D'Antonio comes from mm -hmm. um and the fact that they're some of the best players in the entire class that xavier henderson and kalon gervin the two defensive backs are going to have a real inside track playing okay. um there's a lot of young defensive backs on this team lots of them but these guys are universal four stars and i have a feeling especially in gervin's case that you know a they watched and saw what josiah scott did as a true freshman and thought if he can play I can play. Mm -hmm. And B, I would bet, I mean, Gervin pretty much said as much that the sales pitch was, you can come in and be that guy next year. Yeah. Like, I, I think you'll see both of them on the field at some point. I won't be surprised at all if, if both of them are playing significantly. I mean, Gervin's a corner. I think Henderson could sort of, he's so rangy and long that I think they'll probably put him at corner, but okay. and just because of what... Uh, D'Antonio likes to do with corners, but um, and what he did with Justin Lane too. They're the same rangy type of player, but I think they'll both get a a long look out of this early early enrollment. Group. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's nice. Got yeah. Some young pups. Yeah, and then there's a couple other kids. Let me just dabble in here, and the, I don't want to leave the uh, the late enrollees behind either. Two guys jump out to me. Okay. Running back Eli Collins. We've talked about him before. Um, his really kind of swings on what LJ Scott's going to do. Okay. Um, because yeah. I think if LJ Scott leaves, carries obviously open up for guys behind Madre London. And right now, uh, your guess of who that is is as good as anybody else's. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Connor Hayward. Connor might. I would personally love to see that big boy carry the ball 20 times a game. But mm -hmm. um, he's more of an H back. He's probably not a true running back. Um, and then the other guy is linebacker Chase Klein. Now, He's a linebacker. He's a four-star linebacker out of Ohio. Um, he was first-team All-State, I believe, based on – I saw him on a first-team All-State, like uh, Cleveland.com named him that. Um, so, hey, if you're first-team All-State in Ohio, you're doing something right. That's a damn good state to play high school football in. Um, I've read that, you know, he's got the ability to, to line up and put his hand on the ground and play a little defensive end. That's the type of player, again, depth chart-wise, that – is, is going to get opportunities. You saw Jacob Panisha get mm -hmm. opportunities as a true freshman defensive end. Um, you know, I mean, Joe Bocci played linebacker as a true freshman. Chris Fry yeah. played right away. Andrew Dowell. I mean, those are, those are positions where uh, on the defense, the guys play young. Uh, and this guy, I think brings a little bit of versatility that the depth chart could use. So I think he is probably Again, this is really early to be projecting these things, but it's just kind of fun. So Always Henderson, Gervin, Collins, and Klein are my early – those are the odds-on favorites, I think, at this point. Hey, we got a lot of people that earned that playing time, so it'll be tough. Yes. Tough sledding, right? But um, they got plenty of guys to beat out. That is – that's the exciting part, too, is that this team is was – we talked about it so much, but they were so young Yeah. this year. And now – 
I mean, they're, they're losing all of four seniors or whatever it is that played in the playing group. So minutes are going to be tough to come by. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a talented group that's going to be pushing for them. So the exciting part about that is that, you know, the guys that are playing are going to be earning it, which means they're going to be the best possible player. So it's, it's going to be healthy competition. Well, and I think what we'll find out is because of all the, young, the reps from this year's team, young guys, we're going to probably have some pretty incredible depth for years yeah now. it's exciting that this this is this was supposed to be the year before the year and it turned into a, a nine and three season with some really fun wins um well and now we we're got it we're I'm, I'm excited the expectations are back but i'm excited and don't worry we're not doing this to tease you because we aren't doing the bowl preview this week. <laughs> but next week we're going to dive in and kind of examine Washington State. That's going to be a heck of a game and a chance for MSU to add another top 15 win heading into a, a huge, frankly, a huge offseason. Yeah, I mean, just we, we like to take, uh, yeah, we, we like to take the same practices our football team does. You know, the week, weeks leading up will focus on us, the week <laughs> of will focus on them. Yep. And then we'll, uh, We'll go from there. Play the game. <laughs> but listen, it's not football season. It's basketball season. Oh, speaking of teams so, with depth. Speaking of teams with depth and that are just sort of incredibly fun to watch play and bring joy into everybody's lives. So Your Michigan State men's basketball team. We played three games since we chatted last. First one against Southern Utah Thunderbirds. Mm-hmm. Now, going back, there are some pretty good nicknames, by the way, from the question last week, your favorite team's yeah. nicknames. Thunderbirds, Thunderbirds is right up there. It's pretty good. Dude, between the, the we have the Thunderbirds and the Golden Grizzlies of Oakland. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are all rock solid. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I I I two out of three ain't bad. He said that's this Huskies, like, get out of here. Everyone's a husky. Yeah, we get it. We get it. But no, I mean I, I was I was pumped to be a part of some good nicknames. Yes. But we also played basketball. We yeah. just compared <laughs> nicknames. Uh in the Southern Utah game, um it's I, if you remember, there was a big uh, to do potentially about nothing with Miss Coach Tom Izzo and Nick. Ward. Yeah, we talked about it, and I admittedly freaked out. <laughs> like you do, freaked out, freaked out. Lost it for a little bit. Uh, came back to earth very quickly right after the game. Everybody remembers against Rutgers, Nick Ward getting benched, looking completely disengaged on the bench. Um, turns out that made no difference to anybody and it was just typical tough love made me realize that i should never doubt my coach nor mm-hmm. should i doubt one of the better big men i've ever watched play for michigan state especially often certainly offensively so it's it was really nice to see right away him get that burn again and sort of feed the beast a little bit you know um one thing that we didn't consider and hang with me as I'm going to slightly go on a diatribe. Okay. Uh, last week we had our holiday party at my work. And I had a few dad pops. And the next sure. day we had as a very, one does. Yeah, early morning meeting. And your boy was not, not his best. Dragging. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> there were apparently some uh, some video taken of oh, him no. struggling through said meeting, the glass. And... Um, you know, and it was circulated, and everyone had a good har har, um, and which is hilarious and fine. But you know, I saw the video, and I said, "You know, guys, jokes on you. I'm always that disengaged and look that miserable. It has nothing to do with my hangover." Did anyone consider that Nick always doesn't care? <laughs> I just put it out there. Yeah, so I mean, have a think about that. Yeah. Maybe he was just hungover. Counterpoint: <laughs> counter He didn't care. Yeah. I counterpoint: It was Rutgers. Counterpoint: He was in Piscataway. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't hype. Like you're finding yourself <laughs> at the end of of some serious travel. That yeah. was also the sixth game in 14 days, ranging from yeah. Oregon to East Lansing to Piscataway, New Jersey. Excuse me for pardon not, me. Excuse me for not getting. <laughs> Super pumped up, Yeah, guys. but listen, at the end of the day, he, he bounced back, no, he played great, pretty well in these last game. three games, um, and it was nice to, to and have that. So what, also, what happened in that game, Nick had a nice bounce back, but Jaron Jackson, um, he you can see him growing up. Yeah. He had 17 points, 13 rebounds, and five blocks. I don't care who that's against. 
I don't. He's incredible. That's an amazing thing. We'll talk a little bit more in the other games about him. <clears throat> um, but, I mean, he... <clears throat> to see him grow so quickly is, is what we talk... The NBA scouts are like... Yeah. That's I mean, what they're it, looking for. It's hard to talk enough about what he could be. I mean, even by the midpoint of Big Ten play, let alone going into next year into the NBA, he's just getting... He's getting smarter. Mm-hmm. He's still playing like a freshman a lot though. And you'll notice yeah. in, in these other games like he he gets into foul trouble pretty frequently. Yeah. Similarly to Nick Ward a year ago. Hey. And this year. Well, Nick Ward's been better about it this year, but but this is a new game. It's a new game and he's tried to be he tries to block everything. Yep. And in his defense, he gets he gets to well and he still <laughs> is able yeah. to get to most things. Um Speaking of blocks, can I jump in? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, this kid had is on record-setting pace for blocks. To put in perspective, he, in my quick calculation, is on pace to finish fifth all-time in Michigan State career blocks. Career. And after one season, fifth. That's absurd. It, and and that's I, I can't even like. So like. <laughs> Put the single like, <laughs> like it's such a done deal that he's gonna break all the single season records oh, that yeah. it's we're moving on to career numbers. I, I was so he's gonna play one year. The single season stuff bored me so much <laughs> that I had to go find things like to put it in proper perspective. I mean, and he if if you're wondering at home, you know who is who is he behind? He's gonna be behind uh, number one Matt Costello, uh, then Brandon Dawson number two. Wow, yeah, right. Number three, Adrian Payne. And number four is Drew Namick. Fifth on the wow. all-time list, Draymond Green. Draymond? Yeah. Wow. I did not expect those to be the five names you were going to say. Yeah. I figured there would be some like older guy. Or like I'm kind of surprised like Andre Hudson isn't on there. Sixth is Delvon Rowe. No way. Absolutely. So what you're telling me is Michigan State does not have a prolific shot-blocking <laughs> legacy. Well, more of a... Take a charge. Right, of. right. <laughs> uh, yeah, then we get into like Matt Steginga, yeah. Sutan, Anna Gagne, Paul Davis. Yeah, they, see, I'm a little, like I would have thought Aloysius was a little higher up there. Well, he's so busy on the bench. Wow. Like, <laughs> True. Uh, or, I don't know, I guess that's just surprising. But he's I, I, a volatile concept. So he's, the point is, you're going to look at that list in a couple years and be like, of course Jaron Jackson's in the top five. Like, of course he's in the top five. You're like, no, no, not No, he was there for one year. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he, his, his pro prospects are still outrageous. And, and defensively, like, I, he, again, the scouts just have to be absolutely drooling. And it's cool to see him put together. But he just, he's he's so, he's a a man in a child's game sometimes is what it looks like. Well, and you know what? And and I don't want to take away from Jaron, but like somehow, somehow like miles bridges is having an under the radar season, even though like he's, yeah. he is playing so ridiculous, ridiculously well statistically. And you have to remember you, you have to understand that when you can't compare this year's statistics to last year's team, yeah, you can't at all. He, he was alone. Well, I think that the and I will touch on that when we get to the Houston Baptist game because that I think that's the best game Miles has played so far this year. But I think in relating it to Jaron Jackson, it's that gravity. Mm-hmm. Like we, I think we talked about this early in the year. The gravitational pull that Miles Bridges has is is again. You can't compare apples to apples from last year to this year. It's just not the same. But that gravitational pull that he has makes his teammates so much better. Absolutely. Whether you can, you might not even be able to tell it in in a given play. Mm-hmm. But it, you're crazy if you don't think that Miles Bridges that that they don't know where he is on every single play. They they don't know where he is defensively. I mean, I think players drive away from Bridges' side, and they drive into Jaron Jackson, which, I mean, pick your poison. And then, oh, by the way, there's also Nick Wards. There's also Kenny Goins is blocking shots like crazy. Gavin Schilling's blocking shots like mm-hmm. crazy. I mean, this team is defensively, and the two-point field goal percentage is absurd. You just can't you can't score in the paint. and it's. But I think it all it all does. Miles Bridges is, is the, the gravitational pull 
of this team. And, and so, um, however, you know, everyone will say, you know, well, he, he didn't show up against Oakland. Okay, sure. He, the guy had, uh, for his standards, an off game was in foul trouble. And that kind of leads you to, you know, asking yourself, well, if it's not Miles' team, whose is it? I, I think there's a difference between – I think this team has three different things. I think it has a most important player. Mm-hmm. I think it has a most talented player. And I think it has a – Most valuable player. has a most valuable player. Okay. I think the most – the, the, the most talented player is Jaron Jackson. Mm-hmm. To me, the – the potential for him is you almost can't measure it. Yeah. Um, I think the, the most delineating between important and valuable is a little gray, but I think the most important in terms of what he, how he affects the other team Mm -hmm. is bridges for the reasons we just talked about. However, I think the most valuable player, the, the most important, well, I don't know how to describe it. I think most valuable player, in terms of whose team is this, is Cassius Winston. And I think, really? yes, and and again, you're talking about two lottery picks aside from him and the three players I just named. You've got Nick Ward, who barely misses a shot. you got Josh Langford, who's average. You know, you got five guys averaging double figures. Mm-hmm. But this, this is, and I, I don't even necessarily know that it's beyond much of a shadow of a doubt at this point, that this, this is Cassius Winston's team. I mean, Oakland... Oakland was the first time this year where you've seen just how important he, just how much of this team, how it's his. What happened that game that made you kind of that Well, he turn. went scoreless in the first half and mm-hmm. played poorly. Had six turnovers in that game. Like, just yeah. was not, wasn't checking yeah. his, his, his uh, you know, the, his defensive assignment well at all. Um it was just out of it, and you know Kendrick Nunn was shooting the lights out. Yep, Martez Walker was playing well, and Oakland was hanging with Michigan State step for step. They were doing what Michigan, what you have to do to beat Michigan State. You had two guys going bananas, mm-hmm. and you had Michigan State turning the ball over and being sloppy. Yep, that's exactly what happened. They were hitting the recipe. They were they were rebounding somewhat well, I guess, in the first half, but they didn't really need to rebound. They took that part of the equation off the table yep. by making all these shots, and. What you saw in the first half was a genuine, I mean, it was tough. And then early in the second half, it was another, still kind of a scuffle. But then Cassius Winston just came to life. He scored 19 points in the second half, mm-hmm. dished out a bunch of assists, started checking his man a little bit better. And all of a sudden, Michigan State's winning this game by 13. He was He is the straw that stirs the drink. And I think the other side of this coin is, is that his backup – is somehow to me regressing. Yeah. What what makes you say that? Okay. So I'm talking about Lou, Lou Rawls, Tum Tum Nair. You may have heard of him. Um, Cassius Winston is the most important player on this team, not only because of what he does when he's on the floor, but what happens when he's off of it. Okay. Tum Tum has never been a great offensive player. He never will be. Mm-hmm. It's obvious. The skill part of his game offensively just isn't there defensively he's perfectly good he's an aggressive defender he steals a lot of balls but he's still 511 yep he's he can always be a pest but like at this point that's what he is and he'll never be anything different everybody's been hoping for four years that he would change into something else skill wise but you always thought with tum tum until this year that he was at least not gonna be stupid like uh, he was at least not going to screw up yeah this year, somehow it seems like his poise is gone. He's gotten into this terrible habit, and it stems from what he does well. And what his, his biggest strength is his ability, offensively his biggest strength, is in the open floor to just hit the jets and go right to the rim. Yeah, That's the only thing he does all that well. And he does it really well when he wants to do it. Mm-hmm. The problem now is that in it seems like in the fast break or in the half court, he will just run as fast as he can into the paint. And then he'll turn around, jump in the air and just throw the ball. Whether it's, whether anyone's there or not, he doesn't, he, he's completely lost his ability to like decide to, to be decisive. The, the good news for the, for us is that as, um, 
backup point guards go, he is one of the best in the country. They're just... Which is crazy. And two, all you ask your backup point guard to do is to either be a change of pace, which he is. I would say he is. That goes either way, right? If you have a a lightning bug, your change of pace needs to be the other. Slow it down, yeah. So you either need to be a change of pace. And then the second thing you have to do, regardless of being a change of pace, is to be a constant. And TomTom is second in the Big Ten in assist-to-turnover ratio. So all you have to do is just be that, and it's fine. Because we're going to lean on Cassius to be his ceiling. Yes. So my my I go down this rabbit hole <laughs> because I have to. Um, in a big game, in a tournament game, if Cassius gets into foul trouble, there are going to be real, very real apparent issues with this team offensively very quickly. Tum-Tum, again, like you're saying, he's, he's perfectly average. He's been perfectly average in games that are kind of wrapped up. Like, when you're playing on the big stage and teams know that they don't have to guard you, mm-hmm. and you really have one other plus true guard in Josh Langford that if you're playing a good team that you expect to be playing in the sweet 16 and on that's that that can be a problem for as good and as deep and as talented as this Michigan State team is it's it's a situation and that's why I say Cassius Winston is the most important player because he's the only player that you can look at legitimately Miles Bridges Jaron Jackson Nick Ward Josh Langford all included in this he is the only player you can look at and say, if he's on the bench, we are a significantly worse team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think... That's just me. I That's think, just what I think. And I think it's it's important to remember that there are some pretty rare scenarios that have to take place for this team to be right. in trouble. I'm nitpicking. And, and that's good. I admit that. I'm nitpicking. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's something... Uh, you got to find the downside. Like, come on, man. We got to find something. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. One one shout out I'd love to give for the Oakland game, and I feel like this was lost. Kenny Goins gave some great minutes. Yeah, he did. And not like I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not just like kind of joking around and, and uh, patronizing the guy. He had four points, but he had eight boards and seven assists. That's crazy. In very limited, <clears throat> excuse me, in very limited time playing. I mean, the dude, the dude had he had to play twenty minutes that game. But like, you you ask anyone what they want out of Goins. Oh, this is well above and beyond this, anything you could ask. Right. For. So I mean, that's even cooler about the depth, and we talk about it at, gen- at length. But it's it is without a doubt eleventh deep. Yeah, um, it is. It is. It's special. This team is a special amount of depth. And so that brings me to something. And and I and I'm not coming down on you, Austin. I'm coming down on me, myself, and <laughs> and MSU Twitter in general. Oh, okay. You know who you are. <laughs> because I want what I want you to do. We can nitpick all all day long. We can. This team is not perfect. But this team is the best thing that we have seen in a very long time. and Since b- well before Twitter. And you, and you do not know. There's no signs that, this, that we won't have great, a great future. But I ask you to enjoy it. Because we can <laughs> sit here on Twitter and complain and get mad and, and nitpick and just destroy every single thing that we see and don't like. They're not a perfect team, but they're damn well might be the best in the country. Yeah. And the best team that we've had in a while. And I just employ implore you to like take a beat. Yeah. Take a breath. Like, feel free to not stress watch. Right. <laughs> like, have we had a lot of that last year. We have done it enough. Like, and and I'm not saying you can't be mad, but I'm just saying. You're gonna miss a hell of a ride. Is it worth it? Is you're gonna miss a really cool thing. Like I'm, I'm, I'm with you the whole way. It's actually kind of a nice segue into the uh, the MSU Houston Baptist game because that game, that's what 
under understandably, that's what people expect to see out of Michigan State when they're playing teams like Southern Utah. Like yeah. you still won by twenty five, but I bet there were people that came out of that and not all that fired up. I mean, when you've beaten Rutgers on the road by ten, which by the way, yeah, they beat Seton Hall last weekend, who's ranked number fifteen Might in the country at the time. Be that bad, and like like I said, you can you feel free feel free to enjoy the good weather. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't yell at the cloud. Right, the it, one cloud. Seriously, and yeah. and it, that's I'll get off my my stoop. You know, I'll yeah. get off my soapbox. I'm not telling anyone they go what back they, inside, old man. What they can and can't do, but like, I'll I'll let you know when things are bad. You'll know. We're not going to be sunshine, right. okay? <laughs> but I can say that like we've seen we, we've uh, seen enough bad. Yeah, and not a lot from Michigan State. Bad for Michigan State, bad, right? <laughs> yeah, you, we've seen things to get mad about. This ain't it. No, this not is against, not it, and not against Houston Baptist. No, especially not against and Houston. That's Baptist. what I'm kind of getting at. Is here is like. I've seen it. It's it's whatever against big games, Duke. You know, people are going to get mad. I get that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when we're watching them play Savannah State, like feel free to just have a bev, yeah, and just enjoy <laughs> it, man. Like you can you can do that. They're not. These are still these are still 18 and 19 year old kids that we're watching for the most part, yeah. and like. Yeah, I think I agree with you that we, I mean we all have high expectations for when sure. you play Duke. You expect to compete with the best of the best. I mean, you expect to, especially after doing what you did to UNC and Notre Dame, I can see how maybe not getting all that fired up for, you know, games against Oakland and stuff like that might frustrate a fan base. But, like, you know, let's just all have a beer together. Like, it's not a big deal. (laughs) Because you're going to get games like this one where you can sit back and just – if you have something to complain about after this game – like Jaron Jackson getting into foul trouble, like you just you gotta, you just gotta chill, man. Uh, and like um, I just promise you, out, will bro. I promise you, and you can come back at me, you know, when I'm on Twitter and having a full DefCon meltdown. Oh, yeah, which I'm I, raising I'm raising my hand after I, the Nick Ward thing. I so. regularly do, by <laughs> the way. And like, call me out. Tell me, be like, hey, John, maybe uh, just chill out. Just have a, enjoy the weather. Yeah, enjoy the weather. So. um we have a couple games coming up. Uh, well, wait, 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 wait. I want to talk about one thing, Houston Baptist, real quick. Okay. You started to touch on it earlier, and I think it's worth coming back to. Okay. I don't – this is crazy to me. Okay. And we were talking about this before we started recording, but, like, it's crazy to me how somehow Miles Bridges is – having like an underratedly phenomenal season. Mm-hmm. Like I think last night you saw him last last night meaning Tuesday. Mm-hmm. The game was on Monday, so I'm going insane. Uh you saw Miles as a superstar guard, I think for the first time. He was shooting the lights out in this game. Well, one thing to remember, he's learning to get comfortable at the three. Yeah. He didn't get to do that last year. He's playing a different position. <laughs> and he's still averaging similar amounts of points. Let's see. Let's compare it to a year ago. I think I've got it pulled up here. Don't I? Somewhere? Um, but regardless, his numbers... Um, here we go. So this is just me reading off from last year to this year. Last year, 16.9 points a game. This year, 16.7. It's also important, again, to remember the players he's sharing the floor with this year as yep. opposed to the players he was sharing the floor with last year. Yep. Last year, 8.3 rebounds. This year, 6.5. Fair to say there are better rebounders on this year's team than there were on the ones a year ago. Yeah. Three-point shooting percentage. Last year, 39%. This year, 35 Almost 36 That, you would like to see continue to increase, but uh, he's been starting to shoot the three better of late. If if you and it's up honestly from if you like to read into stats, um, let me know. I have some fun sites I play around on. But his <laughs> offensive rating is better than it was last year. Right, and, and not by a little, by a lot. Last year is one hundred six point six. It's one hundred seventeen point eight this year. I think what I what we're just getting at is just like, yes, can he improve? For sure. Can he take better shot selection on occasion? Yes. Has he earned the right to take those shots? Yes. Yes. So, is it better for the team <laughs> that he takes those shots? Sure. I have this. I have this theory, and I think I tweeted this out the other day. But like, I, a he's somehow getting underrated still somehow. B 
because yeah. I think people's expectations are so high, yeah. and frankly, the Jaron Jackson Which, effect has taken a, and has taken away from Miles getting the shine that he and yeah. he was just so he was everything last yeah, year. Absolutely. But this year, like I, I just had this sneaking suspicion that he is. The only thing that's been missing from his game so far this year are the ridiculous dunks. Like, he's had a couple oh, okay. big ones. And he had a nice one against Houston Baptist where he went over, over somebody. Balance. But, like, he hasn't had, like, those mega crams on the baseline yet. I think, I think mm-hmm. he's setting us up. He's just lulling us to sleep I th- Well, I honestly think that now, if he's going to be going 11 from 14 from the field, which obviously is not realistic, but, like, he is showing in the first third of this season. He's not shy on the trigger. Like he's and he can shoot the three. Like now yeah. people are. I have a hard time thinking that people aren't going to start to close out on him a little bit harder. And okay. if that starts to happen and he gets a little more comfortable with the blow by, okay. I think we're going to see some. We're going to get a couple mega cramps towards towards the second half of the year. I see where you're going with this. But one. but like pick your poison i mean he's what he's doing by shooting and like i feel like he's sort of establishing himself at that position and establishing his skill set and the fact that he is an actual threat as a jump shooter and as a driver and as a facilitator that we're gonna get some mega yams here in the I'm, second two thirds of the season i'm for it if, if yeah you're asking if I'm oh we're all here for it <laughs> but uh, it was exciting to see him be like full-blown miles like hey i'm here i'm a three let's go yeah and we have a few more um a handful of actually uh i guess you would call them tune-ups or comfortable yeah we're we're really there shouldn't be a lot of alarm um coming up is uh long beach state on thursday the 21st um and then cleveland state on friday the 29th after uh, the fighting Bryn forbes dude (laughs) <laughs> love it here's a funny story because we tell funny stories now that's part of the podcast i guess yes funny story time um fst playing playing in the, in the uh Izzo shootout way back in the day and i happened to know like a family friend uh was an assistant coach at cleveland state and after we were our team was there because we had guys that were actually very good at basketball and they just like <laughs> let me have a jersey and it was <laughs> And so, uh, during one of the, the games, um, I f- fumbled my way into making a, a few threes. And after the game, uh, our family friend came up and was talking to me away from everyone else. Okay. Coolest moment for me, because I didn't, wasn't, I'm too stupid to think like what that, whatever I come back to my team, they all think I'm being recruited. <laughs> and so of course I let them all think just to like fit in. Sure. I'm like, I was like, cause they're all like. D1 getting like looks and stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, it's just the guy from Cleveland State. I'm probably going to hold out. (laughs) (laughs) And here you are. Yeah. Recording a podcast. (laughs) boy. Yeah, boy. Still as athletic as I was in that. (laughs) Uh, Nothing much has changed. So I have a soft spot in my heart for Cleveland State. Um, Hope we don't go too ham on them. Yeah. Um, I hope they don't, we don't have a soft spot for them though. Come the game. I hope. I am excited. But they gave us Bryn. That's true. That's a good point. I mean, so let's keep want? it within twenty or something. Yeah, the Vikes aren't very good this year. Neither of these teams bring a whole lot to the table. They're both home games. I mean, these these are the type of games, honestly, where as if he hasn't already. I would assume we're going to see a decent amount of experimenting by Izzo. We saw that against uh, was it Houston Baptist when we had like four bigs. The mega lineup. The, I, I mean, loved the mega lineup. That was like I was a huge that was like fan the, of the mega. I'm pretty lineup. sure that was the closest I've ever seen in basketball to like the goal line offense. I had the jumbo right? package. Yeah, that was like uh, double tight end t- tackle at the fullback. I will not be surprised. And I th- was Tum Tum the the point guard when that was going on? No, or was it Cassius? Cassius? But I will say this: LA Ward was. I th- like. I feel like Ward wasn't in the game for whatever reason during the bigs. The big. I don't oh. think he was. And I was like, what if he did that? <laughs> like, put Miles at the one. Oh, my God. I put Nick Ward in there? So, yeah. wait. What are you looking at in that? You're putting Miles at the one. And then just fill in the blanks with the with rest of our front court. Jaren. I want, no. Wow. I want bigger. Xavier Tillman. <laughs> Jaren, yeah. Nick. 
No, Gavin. No, Jaron. You don't want Jaron Jackson in there? Come too, on. Too skinny. This is the goal line <laughs> offense, Austin. We All need right. beef. All right. In there. Fair enough. <laughs> and I need Slim Puddin to put on Big Puddin. Yeah, there we go. Okay. We need Derek Nix back. There we go. Now you now get we're it. Talking. Now you're starting on um, I would like to see a little more of the, the goal line offense. I think that could be fun. I mean, if Miles is shooting well, you could throw Goins in there at the three, Jaron at the four, Nick at the five pretty easily, I think. I love it. I think you're going to see weird stuff like that in these next couple of games because Izzo, honestly, he might just be bored and he just loves to you know who I get need, as weird as possible. You know who I need to see more of? My boy CG. Connor Jordan. Uh, he's gotten a little burn. He's going to get a little tick I think here. he's going to get some burn here soon. Better. I'm going to write They're a letter here real quick. In reality, I actually do think he is going to get some more tick. I think one of the the guys that's going to benefit from this the most, two the two guys, if I had to guess, that are going to benefit the most are going to be Xavier Tillman and Ben Carter because they're probably at the back end of that. But I think it's been yeah. become a little obvious over the last few games. Again, it's super early, so things can change very quickly, and I'm, I'm sure they will. But I'm telling you, I think they'll both else. they'll both play. Nick's or, or it, it'll be. I think clearly Jaron, Nick Ward, uh, and Gavin are the Top three, but after that, you know, with Xavier and Ben, I think it'll be interesting to see more of them, maybe even together in the front court. I, I'm, you know, we talked about uh, quickly that Xavier, you know, needed to get those reps now yeah. because he's going to play next year. Oh yeah, not nearly to the extent, but Connor George will benefit from this because that kid will play next year. Mm-hmm. Next year, you have uh, Cassius, Josh Langford, then a, a fresh face. Foster Lawyer, mm. and then you have Matt McQuaid. The, Connor George will be the fifth guard. Yeah. And, and because we have a slew of freshmen. Um, They're all wings. I mean, like Aaron Henry's a wing. But Connor was playing the three. True. So this is where you need to. He's not playing the three next year. No. Okay, we're good there. Because Kyle Aaron yeah, is coming back. Yeah. You know, Aaron Henry. Bubba Brown. Yeah. Oh. Can't Bubba. wait can't for that. Wait. I just can't wait to be able to scream Bubba at the top of my lungs in public. It's going to be great. <laughs> so, uh, we'll look for Connor George to get more run at the two. And um, just because Izzo, like we talked about in podcast back, he will never be underprepared again. Yeah. And and that's why I think you'll see a lot of, uh, a lot of weirdness here over the next couple of weeks. Like John said, we've got a game this Thursday and then a game uh, – Next Friday. Next Friday, so they get a little you get a little Christmas break here, and in between there's a football game. So we'll be back um, next week, probably around the same time, to talk Holiday Bowl. I and, and yeah, and I, you know, before we leave you, I have uh, have a question for you. New oh, question. Okay. Okay. So uh, because we're taking on the Long Beach State 49ers, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to see their home court. I'm not sure that I have. Uh, I highly encourage you to check it out and oh, encourage that's dope and encourage all. Uh, oh, our they're the team that just wears beach on the uniforms, dude. God, that's awesome. That is so cool. So my question to you is: What's your favorite basketball court? Okay. So I've got. I go to very different extremes here. Okay. Personally. I love a good just I love Michigan State's court. I think okay. it's as Classic. good as it gets. I love the I want the logo to be as big as possible. Okay. That's what I really like more than anything else. Like I love I don't know if it's still this way, but Kansas at one point in time had the Jayhawk that's like it's so big. It's beak like touched the three point line on one side and the heel touched the three point line on the other side. Like it was you like the that. whole court. I think it's hysterical because it looks ridiculous. <laughs> it is ridiculous. I love it. Um, I like that. And then sometimes I like the the super. I can't tell if I like them or if I just respect people for trying them. The super gimmicky courts like Oregon. Okay. How like the whole thing is the – there's too much going They're on. They're doing a lot. It's like you're on the forest floor like looking up into trees and it's just a, a lot. Yeah. I. It's just it's distracting. But isn't, uh, isn't Oakland's like blacktop? Yeah, I think so. That's cool. Do you remember – It's weird, but it's cool. Do you remember when Michigan – I never really – I in fact, I didn't like it when Michigan State had the basketballs. Oh, as the as, free throw lines? Yeah. No, thank you. I know where I'm, what I'm watching. <laughs> like, I'm familiar with it. Thank you for reminding I me. I remember liking... Okay, you just have to... That goes back to the whole 90s 
and early <laughs> yeah. 2000s Michigan State like so vibe though. Weird. Like the MSU vibe was like a like a weird like semi pro league uh, yeah. vibe where it's like, hey, you're at a basketball game. <laughs> Remember? We got some shiny uniforms with really strange trim. <laughs> Do you remember when it had uh, the big basketball in the center of the court? Do you remember, like, it was, it was, like, just this big <laughs> Oh, yeah, basket. with the Spartans on the top and yeah, the bottom? Spartan. Oh, that was terrible. And I was like... Oh, right, it's a basketball game. You're like, yep, still remember. Ah, cool. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, so you're going with, uh, so you're going with Oakland Blacktop? Very cool. Yeah, probably as, like, my favorite weird one. Yeah, I mean, you gotta... Be. I think it's hard to beat Michigan State's. Because I like the light wood and mm-hmm. there's the big ass logo. Yeah, it's cool. It's classic. I do like um, the differentiation. I think there's a difference in wood type between the three point line. Oh, yeah, and the I paint. Think. Yeah. Think or the inside the three point yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear what everyone else thinks. What's your favorite? You comment? got one? What do, you know? Um, the beach? I, I do love the beach. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> I think that is, everyone should check it out. Because um, you got to like own something. Like for sure. Be, especially when you're not like a power five team. Like oh, yeah. be something. I'm yeah. into gimmicks. Yeah. I'm a sucker. I've admitted it. I'm a sucker from a mark yeah. for a good gimmick. And I would, I would even argue that like maybe that's not even a gimmick because it's in your name. Or whatever. Yeah. I'm a mark for a good like theme. Yeah. I, you know, um, that's a really good question. I really, I'm kind of lame. I really like the classics. Yeah. Um, that's not like There's nothing wrong with that. That's not, that's not very fun though. I'm trying to remember if there's like one where I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to watch this one on TV. You know what what court setup I hate? This has nothing to do with the actual. What's that? Vanderbilt. Oh uh, yeah, Minnesota, kind of the same. I like Minnesota. Well, they got it's the, the barn. But nothing. It's wrong the with raised it. court. Yeah, the I'm raised... shocked nobody's like been decapitated falling. You off know there. that you know that there are like people practice like diving off of that. That seems dangerous. No, no, no. Like the, when opposing teams come in, right. Like sliding and understanding oh. how to like. That's terrifying. I don't want to do that. No, I'm out. I also, but back to having a gimmick, like make them think about that. Make yeah. them practice that. Like maybe if, fake like you're going to push them out of bounds. Yeah. <laughs> so they really got to freak yeah. out. Good answer. Do not like Vanderbilt's bad gimmick. Bad gimmick. Yeah. There is such a thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, guys, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, like I said, we'll be back next week to talk some more football. And we'll just enjoy that before the long gap but you know the long nine months in between games or whatever but, but we have a, a really cool basketball team yes that we we're sure en- do imploring you to watch and enjoy yeah watch yes <laughs> so on that note for uh your co-host john herby uh, john herby john kirby thank you i am your other co-host austin smith this has been the only podcast and we will talk to you guys next week go green today's episode is brought to you by cars.com With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.